Welcome to the Networking with Plants in the Anthropocene podcast. This week, we're joined with the wonderful Duvan Rivera Arcila. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Kate, for having me. I'm so excited to hear more about your research. I was wondering if you could start by introducing yourself to our audience. Thanks for inviting me. It is a wonderful podcast. I studied philosophy and I also did a, a master's on drugs and culture. Right now, I'm finishing my PhD on human and social science. So when I started to study philosophy, I was looking for something that have a really meaningful to me. In my philosophy career, I found uh, a teacher who gave me a space where to to find something that uh, I really like, and for that moment, I started to to study to go deepen in phenomenology. I did um, a thesis about Jean Paul Sartre and phenomenology, but I didn't feel so good with philosophy at all, or, or at least what I saw in my career. So. From that moment, I began to relate with with plants and especially with uh, psychoactive mushrooms. So I found in these relationships with other beings, like mushrooms or plants, a way to to find something more real. Uh, I mean, more concrete than what I found in philosophy. Philosophy, it was for me too abstract. So I don't see myself like as as a philosopher. I think that I I move between philosophy, uh, anthropology, between different fields. Um, so so, but definitely, what I what I found was. Um, with plants, what I found with mushroom was uh, uh, another way of life that definitely uh, brought me to to decide to to do my PhD on uh, a special a special plant that I think that we are going to talk about this plant later. Wonderful! Thank you so much. One question we like to ask on the podcast um, yes. is, "What is your favorite plant?" Do you have a favorite plant? Um, and if so, what is it? My favorite plant, I think, uh, is, is, is a plant that is very common to use it in indigenous context. I work with indigenous people from the Amazon, Colombian foothills Amazon. You go to a ceremony with them. After this ceremony, they use this plant. And they use this plant to clean your body and to strong your your blood, as they say, um, that plant is natal. I think that that's my favorite plant because even even if the if the plant is so shocking at uh, in, in in the outside, I found it a very close plant because how through through her virtues uh, you can reach uh, a healthy state. A healthy state on your skin, on your blood, and on your will. 
So I think that uh, I would say that uh, that is my definitely my favorite plan, um, but also obviously um, I'm very very involved with with the headland. Wonderful. Nettle is one that I think a lot of people really love. Um, <laughs> it's something that has come up on the podcast before that people just really find a good uh, connection with. With nettle, so nettle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> What is your family connection with plants? Have you always grown up with plants, or is it something that came to you more later in life? Your connection with plants. That is a, a very nice question, because my family, my father, my mother, and my grandparents—they all were farmers. So I grew up in a um, in this environment. Always, um, let's say that working in the land, uh, cultivating plants and planting. I have really, really nice memories from that. Uh, really childhood memories from that experience. Uh, living, living, or not, not exactly living in the farm, but it was something that uh, we we went on weekends. To the farm, and my father will work it hard in the land. And after a, after a few years, when I was um, growing up, um, I began to to work with my father in the farm. It's really a, a hard work to be under the sun for really a lot of hours. But the experience is is very rewarding. So. From that moment, I began to understand from another point of view, from another kind of relationship, how is that we relate with plants. I remember that I, I watched a lot of how my my father worked in the land, worked with the plants. That that experience that I, that I had with him working in in the farm was, uh, I think that it, it was very fundamental to me for what I started later when I began to to plant my own plants. That's a great transition into my next question, which is, what is your work with plants? Um, what do you do and what do they do? Well, yes, it's a very interesting question. Um, as I told you before, I did my master's on drugs and culture, but I began to do my, my research on mushrooms uh, because before that, before I started uh, formally my master, master's degree, um, I already have established a relationship with mushrooms. And these relationships, it, was, it becomes very special to me because I, I began a relationship based on trust. So it's, it, it wasn't a, um, an instrumental relationship. I just felt so, so good with them. I felt them like they were my best friends. From that experience to establish uh, this kind of relationships with other beings is, is what I take to, to do my work with plants. So we, when I work with plants or what I do with plants is first than all to establish a, a relationship. Yes, a, a relationship based on respect and based on trust. 
And what that means is from the, the moment that I established this relationship, I always assume that they are plants or beings that can teach us, yes, that they have their own way of life. So when I planted, I, I began to wash, wash them, to watch how they behave, how they grow, how they relate with another plants, with another um, insect, with how they relate with the soil, how they relate with water, how they relate with all the environment. Um, based on, on this kind of relationship, what I, what I do with plants is not only wash them, but also to get more involved with them. For example, I took a, a leaf and put it on water and drink the water. That is a way to begin a relationship with them, yes, to, to, to get involved with them. Also, I, I've watched how they behave when I can't, how they behave when they are near to their flowering. Basically, I think that my work with plants is that, to look forward to a respectful relationship to know that they are autonomous beings. They are always interrelated with uh, another beings. That is one, one of the things that uh, I do with plants and the other is feel them. For example, being close to them or just stood by her side. It begins these relationships and, and the feelings are different. It starts to, to change suddenly uh, dreams come. So through the dreams, I felt that uh, uh, they communicate yes, through the dreams. So it's a very, I think that is a very intimate relationship with plants. That's fascinating. Um, which plants in particular um, are you working with in your dissertation or in your current research? It's a very renowned plant. Yes, it's a very renowned plant. In, in Colombia, we call it yaje. And globally, it's, it's better known as ayahuasca. But there are uh, basically, basically, yaje or ayahuasca is a, is a beverage. And that beverage is prepared from two plants. And um, one of the plants is the, the vine or bejuco in Spanish, and the other one is called Chagropanga, uh, or um, there are different indigenous names like uh, Azulpisco or the Chagro, just the Chagro. And that one is different from the, from the one that used in Peru. But the main plan the main plant from, from the beverage is the, the vine, uh, el bejuco. That's the main plant uh, because uh, around that plant uh, uh, there are uh, all the origin needs in indigenous, in indigenous traditions. So uh, I work with that plant, with the, with the vine. I began to, to work with, with, with this plant because that is a, a very interesting story. <laughs> it's a very interesting story. 
Yeah, because because I began to to work with with that plant not because I decided to to plant it. It was very very random, the the way how she came to my life. But basically, I came to to that plant or that plant appeared in my life while I was doing my research on mushrooms. So I wrote a paper and presented in in Peru. In Tarapot, the it's an uh, Amazon region from Peru, and there was this this congress on mental health. Uh, so I I wrote a paper about my experience with mushrooms. As I was there, I knew a little about how they practice uh, ayahuasca tradition. How was the the ayahuasca traditions? I wanted to do it. I wanted to to know how was they they practice, how was their tradition. Uh, so when the congress finished, I looked for a for a place where I could do dieting. Is is what they do, and I made a diet uh, for a week, and. This diet involved about three or four ayahuasca ceremonies. So uh, when um, when I was finishing the diet, I was just hanging around with my friend who also participated in the in the dieting. So we were just hanging around and we were talking with the gardener, and we were uh, under a, a big a big uh, ayahuasca plant, yeah, a very big ayahuasca plant. I I remember that the gardener told us that that plant had uh, ten years, ten years. That's how that's that's old, an old an old plant, a very old plant. So we were just talking, and suddenly the gardener uh, cut the plant in four pieces. He cut a big, a big piece, and that piece cut, in, cut uh, into four pieces, and gave me two. He gave me two, but I didn't ask for them. I didn't ask for them. She, she just gave me two. So I, so I said, okay, okay, and and I returned to to my, I returned to Colombia, and. I say, okay, let's plant them. Let's plant them and see what happens. So I planted these two pieces of the plant, brought from Peru. Yeah, brought from Peru, from a plant who had 10 years. Um, I didn't I didn't know anything, anything about the plant. Uh, how to cultivate, how to take care of, of, of the plant. I didn't I didn't know anything. I just know I, the only thing that I know is that it was a plant who who grew near the trees. Something like that. Yeah, because it's a it's a vine. So obviously uh, the farm the farm of my father's uh, the the trees of the farm of my father's were were uh, fruit trees. Yeah. Um but the plan the the plan is from the jungle. Yeah. 
is from the jungle. Not <laughs> she doesn't belong. She doesn't belong to a farm. So um, I planted uh, near two fruit trees. Yeah. And suddenly I think I don't remember how how much it took to to see the first sprout. Maybe one or two months. And suddenly I I it was it was something very very special to me to to see how how um an sprout emerged emerged from the from the, the land from the soil. Uh, I was fascinated and suddenly and the farm the the farm where I planted is uh the weather the, the weather is very is very warm yes it's not cold it's warm it's very warm so that was very good to the plant that was very good to the plant and suddenly she started to grow in a way very very fast very very fast i in a in a couple of years uh, she was covered all the tree both trees she was covered all the tree so obviously my father um wasn't <laughs> wasn't she she didn't agree with with that yeah because the plant was killing the tree so one of of those plants um he he told me no that plant can continue growing uh, over that tree around that tree so i i have to transplant it to another place but in but also in the same in the same farm and the other plant um, um, stood in the same place uh, and from that moment from that moment i am um, a new relationship was began to grow between the plan and within me as I was was her um, how she how she she grows how she behave with the environment and well and the story continues. <laughs> So the so it's still growing, or she's still growing. Yes, she's still growing. I was delighted with every every gesture of the plant, how she how she grew, and about three or four years from the moment I planted, she started to flowering. So I was fascinated. Not only because she was flowering, but also because she was communicating with me through dreams. So in my dreams, she showed me that she was going to flower. I had a dream with, with the plant and it was beautiful, a beautiful dream uh, with all the flowers and about two 
or three months later, she she expressed herself through these beautiful and tiny flowers. And after the after the flowering comes the fruitful. To me, it was very special to have growing in my backyard um, as such a special plant. Because for that moment, I, I had different or several experiences uh, drinking the beverage. And I, I knew that it was a, a very, very special plant. So to me, that was very special. Was special to, to have her growing in my backyard. And after the flowering comes the, the fruits. And suddenly I saw that all the fruits were fertile. And from from all that fruit came up thousands, thousands of sprouts, new new plants. So I was completely amazed. I was completely amazed with all watching all these cycles of the plants. Yeah, I planted the first time in two thousand nine. And the flowering came about 2013, and I even began my PhD on 2017. So before my 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 PhD, I I was I had these all these uh, hundreds of plants. So I didn't I didn't know what to do with all these plants. <laughs> and that's why finally I decided uh, I. I decided to do my PhD on Yahe plant because through these relationships, through these intimate and affective relationships, I could see that more important that, than the beverage, it's very important to take care of the plant. So you had mentioned that there's a difference between um, ayahuasca use or the bebidas that you create um, from different plants, including ayahuasca in Peru, versus I'm guessing where you are locally in Colombia. Um, how yes. did you connect with indigenous folks um, in Colombia? And what are some of their relationships with ayahuasca? Were you able to, or yege, yage, yage, sorry. <laughs> um, were you able to <laughs> connect with a community to better understand the plant? Yeah, in 2011, I went to to the Amazon, to um, a city the, in Colombia that calls Florencia, Florencia in Caquetá department. There, there is a, 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 a University of Amazonia, so I went to work there. And um, when I when I was there, I I started to to research more about uh, indigenous peoples. So when vacation vacation time came, I traveled the way back to my to my town. From in that moment, where about um, it, it took uh, eighteen hours by by land by bus, but before before arrived to to my to my town, I went to 
eh, Valle del Sibundoy o Sibundoy Valley, and there is eh, Amazonian foothills, and there, eh, there are eh, two communities, two indigenous communities. These indigenous communities are Inga um, and Kansa. I knew one of the, I knew uh, one Kansa, one Taita or a knowledge holder uh, who worked with Yahé. So when I returned to my, to my town in, on vacation from Florencia, I passed through the, I passed, I passed first to, to Sigundoy Valley. And there I began uh, a close relationships with them, with Kansa. So I went, I went there and drank the yahe. So in Sibundoy Valley, I made a, a couple of friends, uh, indigenous friends, uh, who worked with, with yahe. When I began my PhD, I came back to Sibundoy Valley and went where to to my friends it was a it was a very particular time because because the the plan already had eight years traditionally they consider that a a, a yahe plan is um, is mature after seven years so the plan that i that i had here in my in, in the farm in my family farm uh, had eight years she was covered all the tree and I began to see some gestures that, uh, that indicated to me, indicated to me that something was happening with the plan. And also I had a lot of dreams and in these dreams, the, the plan was carried. So I, I didn't, I didn't know how to interpret these dreams. So I came back to Sibundoy Valley in 2017 uh, as part of my research. And in a ceremony of, of Yahé, I realized, or um, to be more exact, to be more precise, uh, the, the plan was very clear. Uh, it was that the time has come to, to cook it. And it was very clear to me so I looked to a friend uh, who I knew that he was a cooker because, because between indigenous people from fruit hills and Amazon, from Colombian Amazon, there are uh, specialists. There are the one who, who cook, who cooks the plant. And, is a little bit different from the one who offered the beverage. So I knew one, I knew one, one friend that he, he was a cooker and a very, a very special friend. So I told, I talked to him and I said that I had this plan and I need uh, to cook it. So he agreed and came to my family farm and we made all the, the necessary to cook that plant. It was very, very big. Uh, to cook the plant is a very hard work. It took about four or five days 
after that I gave him the the bigger part of the beverage and I took for me only a small part because I, that was a way to to return the favor the the experience and the learning because for, to me it was I was learning I was learning all the process of the cooking so yeah so through through Kansa I began to um, to understand and to know a little more about Yahe plan, uh, but also as the the original plan was from Peru, I had always on my side uh, an eye of Peru. I was always uh, watching all the all these uh, ayahuasca tourists in Peru, and also researching about their traditions, their vegetalismo traditions. And I found I I found the difference between Peru and Colombia, and I wonder why why if they are very close. So I wonder why are these differences? For example, in Peru, the way how they classify the plant is by colors, and mostly three colors: white, yellow, and red. Three colors. And is that the color of the leaf or the berry or the vine? They say more the color, not of the leaf, but the, the bark. Okay. Yes. And in Colombia, the way how they classified the varieties of the plant, it, it can reach about 15 or 16, 16 names to classify the plant. Obviously, they vary a lot, but it's not by colors. It's a way to classify it more related with their cosmo cosmological myths, and it involves another different process to classify it because they based not only in, on the appearance, but also on what the plant shows when they drink it. That's fascinating. Did you find out then what your plant was classified as? Were your indigenous friends able to kind of guide you through what that would have been classified as in Colombia? That's a great question. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, Kate. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, I was uh, intrigued. I, I wanted to know what kind of plant will be this one that we cook. And that's why I told you that the way how they classify it is what the plant shows. Yes, but that is something that only an expert, yeah? only a knowledge holder yes, can, can do. Yeah. Because I, I can have my experience I can have my experience with the beverage. I had my experience, yeah, but I am not able to I'm not able to to classify it. Yeah, so so yeah, of course, obviously, uh, to my Kansas friend, I asked him, uh, "Could you tell me what kind of plan is this?" So he told me, "Kuriwaska with cielo." Two, two, two names he gave me. And um, he gave me two names because 
the the plants that we cook uh, they were two not only one i planted one but in the in the in the middle of the of the process uh, while she was growing a friend of mine had another plant planted in her backyard she she sold her house but it's a very a very common house not a, a farmhouse a very a, a regular house so she sold the house so she asked me to take the plant to to my my farm to my family farm so i took that plant and planted very close to the other so at the end both plants intertwine intertwine yes and i think that 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 and that's that's very special because because uh i believe that these relationships within between a, a peruvian and a colombian plant was what made possible to give uh, fertile fruits these interrelationships between two different plants and the plant that that, that she gave me is one that it that is classified or called in indigenous people as cielo heaven heaven yahe heaven is the is one way to call it so when my friend my cancer friend told me curiwaska and cielo curi in inga curi is a inga inga the the inga language is quechua so curi means uh, gold and waska is divine so i was also fascinated with with that because it means that a peruvian plan it became a colombian plan something like that i love names i think that's really interesting like with plants how they get their names or how you know because it's such a fraught process like you know like with uh colonial in like influences and then alternative ways or indigenous ways to like name things it's always fascinating to uh -huh. me yeah. the types of relationships that end up being kind of underneath a name or related yeah. to a name yeah i found it i found it also fascinating um, and it was also fascinating because uh, with names, if you know the, the botanical name of the of the vine is Vanisteriopsis capi. That's the botanical name. And around that name, there is a whole, whole colonial and botanical history. And that's very interesting. That's very interesting with how Richard Spruce the first explorer that named the plan, how he named the plan. That is one of the things that I do uh, on my research, to deconstruct how they built a scientific object. Because if you if you go to, to a Kansas, for example, to my Kansas friend, and you, you tell him that plan calls Banisteriopsis capi, Obviously, it doesn't mean anything to him. It doesn't mean absolutely anything. So I, I, I talk, how, how is it that? How is it 
consisting of, of uh, a colonial name. So I found it also fascinating because, as I told you before, the way how they classify it in Colombia, that is very, 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 very uh, varied and very uh, white, because 15, 16, 16 uh, names to, 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 to call the plan. Um, so I, I began to do research about the myths, because uh, the, the origin myths, they save special meanings about these relationships. So distinct that they, they call the plan depends on what they show is uh, something very special because it means that it's not humans who gave the name to the plan. It is the plan who gave her name. So that's what I find so fascinating. Yeah, and it's so powerful. I think it's also interesting. So I'm coming from the U.S. where a lot of kind of discussions about psychoactive plants can kind of be had without any relationship to the historical mm -hmm. practices um, and also community meanings and relationships with okay. those plants. Yeah. And so it's fascinating to learn about all of these special relationships and how sometimes they're just like ripped out of context without yeah, knowing, yeah. you know, like the history of the plant or that the plant in some contexts like has that autonomy to name itself as mm -hmm. opposed to, you know, having a name put on it from the outside. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, that's right, Kate. That's I that's what I as I was so intrigued with that colonial botany history. I did my research. What I finally saw is is that obviously when when uh, when when it this these colonial names this this practice this this botanical practice came and imposed yeah imposed a, a different way to classify it a different way to name it uh, what they are what they they are and they 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 did was to de deterritorialize the plan cut cut the the links cut the the roots of the land with the territory and with the the humans and with the environment that they cut those 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 links so that is what I what I, what I interpreted uh what I took as as a deterritorializing from that is that, is that I, I propose that what what is necessary is to re-territorialize, to reconnect or to see how is all these relationships that surround a plan, yeah? these humans and not humans and with other entities that are involved in the life of a plant. And that is the, that is their way of life.
do you have anything else that you wanted to make sure that we cover that we haven't talked about yet? Um, one of the things that, um, that I, I try to do with my research yeah, is, is to, to honor, yeah, honor indigenous knowledge because, because I strongly believe that, uh, in that knowledge, we can find how to relate in a more respectful way to trans, like Yaje, for example, or Ayahuasca. I want to, to do a little, a little bit about Yaje and Ayahuasca because I like, as, a, as I told before, I like to call it Yaje. There are also several names, but I, I want to make this distinction between Yaje and Ayahuasca because ayahuasca, it became finally the globalized name, the globalized name of, of this plant and beverage. Ayahuasca is, is a name that is commonly used in Ecuador and Peru, but the beverage and the plant, it is used in all the Amazon. So uh, there are at least 42 or more or less names in, in the whole Amazon, uh, 42. 32 names. So I like to do this distinction because I think that it's very important to remember the original names and the names that belong to a specific territory and specific relationships. Obviously, there are several circumstances around in indigenous people, around indigenous groups, around how their practice are changing, being transformed by commodification. But I think uh, I think that 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 indigenous knowledge about about plants, I think that is it's a very very important thing to to relate with plants. To if we are going to do a research. I remember I remember for example uh, one one re uh, researcher one Colombian researcher that that he he made a, a long 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 uh, research work with indigenous people from the Amazon. What he tries to do is to strengthen the traditional medicine and the traditional authorities. And I agree with, with him and I agree with that because, because I think that before we uh, appropriate of that in one or another way, I think that before that, I think that it's more important to, to respect how that relationships between indigenous peoples and, they, and the plants they, they, of, of which they are knowledge holders I think that that is something that we we have to keep uh, on mind. Do you have any current or upcoming projects that you're excited about that you'd like to share? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am um, right now. I'm working on. Um, um, a book proposal, yeah, a book proposal uh, with uh, another friend, 
<coughs> who uh, a friend of mine who who is an artist and who is who um, he has been also working with uh, Yahe uh, for several years and we are working on on a book that uh, it it would call the the Yahe plan reterritorialization through multi-species sound resonance. Yeah, that is uh, one of the project. Um, um, I worked recently also with him, uh, another project that co calls uh, Gente del Eco or Eco People. We gather with uh, another uh, indigenous people and we talk about um, the the pains in, that emerge between humans and unhumans. That's awesome. I can't wait to uh, see those projects as they come out. Um, yeah, if people want to follow your work, um, what are some good resources for them? I think that um, academia, profile, and also research gate, uh, and also I for for, for that project that I, I told you just about that uh, gente del eco is on Spotify, and yeah, I think that it's in Spanish, but it's very interesting. I think that you can look for it and try to 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 know a little more about uh, what I do and we what other uh, indigenous peoples are thinking about these relationships between humans and non-humans. Definitely. We'll uh, provide links to all of those in our show notes. Yes, and yes. our audience is pretty international. So there, I'm sure that there are some Spanish speakers mm -hmm. okay, um, yes. that would, would really enjoy um, your podcast. So, yeah. Okay, great. Great. Awesome. Um, well, thank you again so much for joining us. Um, it's been fascinating to learn more about your work. Um, and yeah, I look forward to seeing more of it in the years ahead. Yeah. Thank you, Kate, for inviting me for this beautiful time to, to share um, about my research and about these ideas um, related with uh, special plants that are very close to us. Wonderful. Um, if you are interested in learning more about our network, you can find our website at networkingwithplants.org. And you're also free to reach out to us um, via email at networkingwithplants at gmail.com. Until next time, enjoy some time with your plants. Take care. Take care. Music piece is kindly offered to us by artist Mylees. Mylees is a sonic artist, immersive ecology designer, and clean energy ambassador. 
Merging art and technology, she creates music experiences that express the voices of plants and the other inhabitants of the earth. 